Here we go. Just go by. You are listening to the Just Go Bike podcast. I'm Andy, a cyclist from Waukee. Can't wait to hear this week's Just Go Bike podcast. This is the podcast where they talk about bicycles just for the fun of it. There will be tales about bicycling across the nation, talking about the social side of cycling. Come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. I'm your host, TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri. And I'm Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And it was great meeting some of you out there over at Peace Tree, Des Moines Branch. We had our inaugural meetup ride, and we had a good many people that showed up in, in amazingly cold temperatures. And, you know, to, to go out and ride when it's about 40 degrees on, we had, oh, we had about 20 of our listeners that, that showed up and braved in, in the chilly, chilly temperatures. So appreciate you coming out there, and we're going to hear some of those voices throughout the, the next several podcasts. So thanks for coming out. Enjoyed meeting some of you, and uh, we want to just throw a shout out to the people that that competed, or j- just even got to the start line of Trans Iowa with unbelievable Iowa springtime conditions, muddy, uh, cold, rainy, you name it. Probably the worst conditions in the world. And you know, there's some people that went out there and just you know just were absolute troopers. And um, a gentleman from down in Kansas came up here and actually won the event this year but the real winners were anyone that really stepped up and said hey i'm gonna i'm gonna give it my my best and um you know my hat's off to them my helmet's off to them anyone that just lined up and said hey i'm gonna i'm gonna give this to the old college drive so hats off to you yeah no kidding i was out a little bit in that weather this weekend so uh (laughs) i have I have a bike class that I teach for the University of Iowa. Now, this isn't this isn't the one that we talked about on previous episodes with uh, uh, Steve uh, uh, McGuire that builds bikes. We actually get to go out and ride bikes. This is a one credit hour class, mm. and it was on Saturday and Sunday. So we were out there in just that awful weather. Ooh. We started out; it was dry, and then it just got cold and rainy. And, and those poor kids, they. They had cotton on and they just, they weren't doing well. So we shortened their ride a little bit, which was nice. You know, it's one thing to ride in 40 degree temps when it's, you know, January in Iowa, but when it's May, you're figuring, Hey, it's gotta be like 60, right? You know, maybe put some arm warmers on, um, you know, especially after experiencing enough 70 to 80 degree days and then Mm -hmm. to come back and getting hit with a, with a 35 or a 40, that's. That's no fun, but hey, you know what? It beats a day in the office, doesn't it? <laughs> hey, I got here's some weird and crazy news that I that I found uh, just on Bicycling Magazine's website. Um, Reverend Doctor Kevin M.G. tackled the uh, the the te- Texas Ironman North American Championships. Just uh, looks April twenty second, so like a week ago or so. Mm-hmm. He's from Iowa. We got to get this guy on the show because he. He didn't just do it on one of those aero bikes. He did it on his fat bike, 112 <laughs> miles on four inch tires in it. Way this, to go. Yeah. I mean, this is amazing. He, he crushed it. Now I guess he, he got a DNF, 
Um, cause he finished before the midnight cutoff, but since his swim portion started 10 minutes earlier, he was, uh, 10 minutes over, uh, over the time limits. So, uh, Hey, he didn't get okay. He, he gave his medal back, but still <laughs> crushed it, crushed it on a fat bike with knobbies, not even set up just arrow bars and knobbies. Wow. Good for him. Way to go, doc. Sounds yeah. like an incredible little ride for him. And um, yeah, we'll have to get him on the show. Sounding, sounding no pretty cool down there. Yeah. I know we've got a good show coming up. I know uh, Andrea Parrott has got another edition of the Parrot Talk. And I think Kathy Murphy, you know Kathy, she's going to be coming in on the show. And they're talking a little bit about the ride coming up, Pigtails, which is May 20th. And if you haven't got that Mother's Day gift yet, what a great late mother's day gift to sign up for pigtails ride which will be first time ever and we're, we're about 700 people that are signed up for the inaugural pigtails ride and it's may 20th starts and ends in ankeny and the prairie trail area so that's going to be coming up on this edition what else on i think you did a interview as well for this one didn't you mark yeah, I talked to Christopher over at White Rock. Now, that's one of my favorite places in the world to, to take the fat bike out to is is out on the single track. And they got a lot of it. It's Iowa's largest mountain bike area. Um, so it's it's worth a trip out to if you haven't been there before. Very cool. I haven't been out there. Do they have mountains out there? You know, it's uh, we'll talk about it in the, in the show, <laughs> but it's where the glacier stopped. And okay. so, uh, yeah, you got all this terrain out there that you wouldn't believe exists in Iowa. The glacier stopped. I believe they call that the driftless area, if I'm not mistaken. But right. um, I know I know it's um, because we're we're doing a little bit of ragbri over in the driftless area where Alamakee County, like Wacon and, and um, Lansing over there, and obviously into the Wisconsin and Minnesota area as well. So, hey, that sounds pretty cool. Look forward to hearing that one. So, hey, we got a full show, so why don't we just jump right into it? Sound good? Sounds good. This is Mark with the Jesco Bike Podcast. I'm here with uh, Chris Van Ruckel, who's with the uh, White Rock Conservancy. Now, uh, uh, White Rock is a special place to me because it's it's this fantastic uh, private conservation area uh, just nestled uh, uh, near Coon Rapids, Iowa. Um, and if you think about it, this is where glaciers came across the landscape of, of the United States and simply stopped and backed up. So a lot of the, the geography to the White Rock area and and the, the Coon Rapids area, it's just a little bit different. Uh, it's got a lot more terrain and hills than you might normally expect in Iowa. So for mountain bikers, that uh, it's just heaven. And we're looking forward to uh, hearing about uh, what's going on at White Rock. So Christopher, uh, welcome to the Jesco Bike Podcast. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you have a little slice of heaven out there at White Rock. Tell me tell you know, me what it, it looks like out there. It's exactly like you said. It's the end of the glacial plain. So, you know, when you think about the Iowa flatness, this is the end of the Iowa flatness. And this is where you get into uh, the glacial runoff, with, which carved out all kinds of hills, all kinds of crazy terrain down there. And just like you said, there's, there's perfect mountain biking, great fat biking. Uh, it's just an area that you can get out and really enjoy a part of nature that you don't really see much of in Iowa. So when people say, oh, there's no hills in Iowa, come down to King Rapids. I guarantee you I can put you on some trails 
that will absolutely make you, you know, take that back because uh, there, there's some pretty tough terrain out there. Now, this also has some history to this area. Can you tell me a little bit about the Garst Farms? Sure, absolutely. Uh, the Garst Farms, um, for those that aren't aware, back in the, oh, when was that, 1950s when Khrushchev came over to the United States and uh, did his summit, he actually came out to the Garst Farms and met with them, and uh, it became kind of a, a big deal for Iowa. And uh, then after that meeting, subsequently the Garst became involved with uh, agriculture into the Soviet Union, and then after the fall of the Soviet Union, they continued to, you know, help um, develop and progress uh, agricultural science, basically, um, in that part of the world. So they've been a, a pioneer, really, in a lot of different regards, but that's really pretty much the one they're most famous for. Um, and, of course, I did have a little bit of backlash locally because, you know, this is the same time as McCarthyism was big, and people were like, why are these guys helping the Russians? Oh, they're... You know, all, that, all that nonsense, but uh, what it came down to is um, the Garst mindset has always been if we feed people, if we take care of people, it's going to solve a lot more problems than uh, just being out here trying to, you know, be the uh, the stick in the mud, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way to, it's a really good way to look at your experience in life, isn't it? Absolutely. So, Tell me uh, about the bicycling there. You, you really, the single track is something that's been built over the past few years. And mm-hmm. how much, how much do you have available and, and, and what's, what's kind of the, the situation? There's, there's 16 miles of dedicated single track, which to my knowledge is the most miles at any one location in Iowa available for our riders to ride. But there's also another, Oh, let's see. It's, the same amount and then some of double track and other trails that are accessible by bike as well. So you end up with about 38 miles total of rideable terrain for any kind of uh, mountain bike, fat bike. Uh, some of that is aggregate trails. Some of that there's portions that are paved as well. If you get into Kinrafts itself, uh, those are fine for cruiser bikes and that kind of thing. But uh, for the majority, when you get on the white rock itself, you're talking about single track and double track, which are pretty much reserved for the mountain biking community. And and you do have some equestrians out there too, is that correct? Yep, the uh, double track is open to equestrian as well. So if you want to stay away from horses, you're you're probably going to come across them in those areas. Uh, mm-hmm. The equestrians actually have the smallest amount of dedicated trails out there. It's really only about five miles worth of trails that are strictly for horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most of their trail surfaces shared either with the bikers, hikers, and uh, the RVs that you can rent out there as well. Uh, not RVs, but the uh, the Gators. And if that's not good enough, uh, there's also some water trail out there too, correct? Correct. We offer uh, two floats a day from the north end of Coon Rapids back down to our river campground. That's roughly a seven-mile float. takes anywhere from 90 minutes on a really, really fast-flowing day uh, up to a couple of hours. Uh, this year, we're also looking at expanding that and doing a float all the way from the river campground down to Springbrook. Uh, that mm-hmm. trail, we, we did a a premier float of that. Um, the new executive director, Dan Goodall, our land manager, Rob Davis, and I uh, floated that on Easter Sunday. Uh, we started at 8 o'clock in the morning, and it took us just right at five hours to do it, 19.2 miles, pretty leisurely, a little bit of paddling, but mostly just floating the river, hanging out, talking, and having a good old time. So there's enough to do. If I wanted to go out and spend a weekend, it's going to keep me busy out there. 
is there is there camping? Is there is there hotels nearby? What's what's the accommodations look like? Oh yeah, we have a lot of different campgrounds on our property itself. Um, you can either, if you're looking to come out there with an RV, uh, you can stay out at Oak Ridge, which is an RV campground. If you're going to do that, uh, make sure you get on our website and check for availability because that one does fill up as the summer gets going. Um, there's also tent camping at the River Campground, and there's tent camping at Starfield. And we'll talk a little bit more about Starfield in a bit. Uh, there's another set of accommodations if you're not looking to camp. If you're looking at doing something like uh, staying inside of a structure, there's the 805 cabin which is a primitive cabin, no electricity, no running water. Uh, it's just a structure out there that you can bed down for the night. Uh, there's also the Garst Family Farmhouse, which you can rent, and that sleeps quite a few different people, or there's quite a few different rooms you can rent out of that thing. And, uh, I mean, you can put up a, a pretty good amount of people inside that building. There's also the Hollyock Cottage, cottage right there on the uh, Garst Family Farm property. And uh, there's the Woodland, um, which they also know as the Carriage House, uh, which is a, uh, how do I explain that one? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's basically a room above a garage, uh, to, oh, okay. to put it mildly. Uh, and that one is commonly used when we have special events out there like weddings and stuff like that. People rent sure. that. That's got sure. your electricity. It's got running water the whole nine yards. And there's also the Oak Ridge uh, Farmhouse. Uh, which is available to rent as well. And that's got running water again and electricity. So you have any anywhere from tent camping all the way up to bed and breakfast type uh, accommodations out there. And you're not that far from, from say, Perry in the Hotel Patti or, or some mm-hmm. other accommodations in Coon Rapids. So it's really, you're kind of in the best of everything right there. So somebody can have it their way, really. Yeah, honestly, if you're just looking for a place to get away, um, especially if you're, you're you're locked in the city all week, or you know, if you're just not in an area where you can just enjoy the peace and quiet that people commonly associate with Iowa life, this is where to come. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll have nice, nice accommodations. Uh, nobody's going to bother you. It's peaceful. Uh, we talked about uh, the Starfield down there. Dark skies beautiful landscape um, on a clear night uh, like this last weekend we had a new, a new moon and we had a meteor shower going on you can lay out there in the grass and watch meteors and look at stars and it's just it's like nothing you're going to see anywhere else now you have you have star parties out there if if, if i heard that right correct uh, we do university of iowa comes down once a year and uh does a astronomy night out there so let's let's back up and talk about the bicycling experience because mm-hmm. The trails are designed, and and this is the one thing that I noticed when you know you go out. Kind of, there's a lot of work to get up to the peak, but um, the drops. Once you're going downhill, it seems like the trail has been designed, uh, and and in, in such a way that you're enveloped into the green and and mm-hmm. leaves and and trees, and you can't quite see, but it feels like you're heading towards the bottom of of kind of the ravine that that you're that you're bicycling on. And then at the moment that you pick up some speed, there's a curve that just gently brings you back up and, and takes that speed out, but uh, gets you ready for the next, uh, the next downhill. Is that kind of the design that uh, went into making the, the single track out there? Exactly. That's the intent behind it is to try to take that speed, bleed it off in those corners, uh, keep you at a really a safe pace. 
And like you said, there are some challenging climbs out there, and those drops are exhilarating a lot of fun, but at the same time, they're, they're still pretty safe. Uh, in those areas that uh, are a little more hazardous, we do put up signs warning people that uh, sharp curves are ahead or there's a big drop or those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, honestly, I don't think we've really had uh, any serious incidents out there with our bicycling crowd. It's, it's pretty safe. Yeah, it, I think there's this phrase in, in mountain biking that you have to trust your engineer. Um, and these are, trust your are equipment. really, yeah, yeah absolutely. Tr- tr- they're well-engineered trails and, and designed to bring you that kind of exhilarating, I'm going down to the bottom uh, experience. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, you're flowing back up and, and that really seems like so Yeah, there's, fun. there's some really nice bank turns out there that just like you said, they'll grab you and set you on the right course. And uh, there are some really nice drops out there where you pick up a decent amount of speed and then it, it bleeds off in one of those corners or you get those little kickers where you're, uh, you know, bleeding off a little bit of speed by getting it in the air a little ways, which is a lot of fun too, so. Yeah, so, I, I really enjoy the uh, the drops in the in the terrain out there. It's a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. So if I wanted to come out and I've never rode single track before, I, and I have mm-hmm. a mountain bike, what do you suggest? You know, how do I start, and and what's kind of the first steps that I need to think of? Well, there's a couple of places you can start from. Um, if you're a if you're a brand new mountain biker, you've never ever done it before. Uh, the best trail to probably start with is Pond Hopper. It's relatively easy. It's only about a mile and a little bit of change along. Um, it does have a little bit of climb to it, but it's not like shooting star. Uh, shooting star is going to be your, your pretty much your most difficult climb right off the bat if you're coming out of the river campground. And that one's going to take you all the way up to the top of the bluff, and then you're going back towards the star field. But uh, Pond Hopper, it's an easy trail, and it doesn't take you too long. Um, it's, it's great. That's the one that I use to test my equipment every time I go. I usually jump on that one real quick, see how it's riding. If it doesn't feel right, I go back to my car, make some adjustments, and then go from there. Uh, if you're a little more advanced than that and you're ready to try something harder, we do recommend that people actually start from Starfield. Um, mm-hmm. And that's specifically because we have more stuff set up there for mountain bikes. Uh, there's a wow. cleaning station up there. There's lots of parking up there. It's out of the way. Uh, kind of keeps you more away from the equestrian crowd if you're trying to avoid that as well. So it's a little bit nice to just be kind of out on your own. You're going to have some hikers out there as well. But uh, from there, you can do Big Dipper, Little Dipper, Shooting Star. You can shoot across and get onto Long Creek. You can get onto Riverside. You can take some double track, get out to Sunrise Trail. You can go all the way up into Coon Rapids. You can come all the way down Steve Garst, and you're right back into White Rock again. So it's a, it's a good place to go from. Um, but like we said, fast. shooting star does have a heck of a climb. So if you're coming back to the star field, you got a heck of a climb. Yeah. Yeah. So this sounds fantastic it, for the person that, that wants to come out there. I know you can, you can just go down, uh, you know, from Perry to 141 and, and, mm-hmm. and the signs guide you there, but where do I go if I want more information on what's going on at White Rock? Well, the, the website is whiterockconservancy.org. And everything that uh, we've kind of talked about is really on there. Uh, we do have a lot of events coming up this year. All those events are listed on the site as well. Uh, one that I did want to talk about, we have a the National Trail Day is coming up in June. Uh, I believe that's 2 June. And we'll be doing a, a sponsored ride down there. I'll, I'll be taking some people out and showing them around on some trails. So if we have mountain bikers out there that have never done it and 
want to know when to come, that's a good time to actually come out there and have somebody to show you around. Uh, we'll probably start that from the star field since that's where they, they like us to start from rather than a river campground. So you can look forward to that in the near future. And uh, we'll be putting some information up on that on the web. If it's not up already, it should be up later on today. Uh, there's also Memorial Day weekend. We have a lot of events going on up there. Uh, we do have the Liberty Bell uh, Cup race. Uh, one and two July is when that takes place. That's another good event. If you're into the racing uh, community and you want to get out there and try some single track racing, it's a great little race. We have uh, some defending champs that would love a challenge to have uh, some people come out and really give them a run for their money. Yeah. Um, it's a private conservation area, so that's something to keep in mind, that you're supported by membership and donations and, and some yeah. user fees when people go out there. Is that correct? You know, I say we're only limited by the generosity of our visitors and the imagination of our employees. And uh, that's the honest truth out there. I mean, there's a lot of things that we would love to do. There's a lot of things that I know our, our cycling community would love for us to do. But there are limitations because it is a non-for-profit. It is uh, a land trust. We are trying to do conservation work. Uh, so those more aggressive type fixes that people are like, I don't understand why you don't do this fix right here, this would solve the problem. It's like, well, there's also a wetland. There's also, you know, remnant prairie, and there's also watershed issues that are really serious, and we can't just go out there and throw down blacktop and, and do what you think, you know, is going to uh, solve your problem. So there are there are some limitations out there, but it's it's all about innovation and finding a way to do it in a way that's responsible and uh, doesn't take away from the rest of the mission out there as well. You bet. You bet. All right. Christopher, we have the toughest question. If you've been following the Jesco Bike Podcast, uh, we ask every every person that's that's on the podcast this, and and uh, uh, feel free to give it some thought. But probably the answer on the top of your head is probably the best. What is your favorite type of pie? Now you have no idea how difficult of a question that really is, <laughs> because my my grandmother was a master pie baker. Uh, my mother is a fantastic pie baker. My wife was actually the town pie lady for uh, for quite a while here uh, in Guthrie Center where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, so each one of them, I have a favorite pie of my grandma's, my mom's, and my wife's. Uh, but I'm going to say that her uh, cheesecake uh, key lime pie Ooh. is my favorite. My wife's that is Very it's nice. phenomenal. Very nice. Uh, sounds great. Uh, well, let's uh, we'll uh, put information in our show notes about how to get in touch with White Rock. I hope everybody gets a chance to go out there and and just go bike because it's a great place to enjoy. It's a great place to enjoy nature. It's a great place to witness conservation and history. And everything just comes together at, at White Rock. So I uh, hope everybody gets the chance to, to get out there. Thanks yeah, a lot, We'd love to see you. Yep. You bet. Thanks again. Well, hello there. This is Andrea Parrott, and you're listening to Parrot Talk. And I'm bringing you another very special pair of talk this week because I have a special guest, Kathy Murphy, from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, where she is the Outreach and Membership Director. So hi, Kathy. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Good. Well, we're both here today to talk about women's bike rides because they're sort of becoming more and more of a thing across the country in recent years. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like, for example, Oregon has the Joyride, which I talked to Steve Schultz about a couple weeks ago, and Goldilocks, which is a ride that is actually in Utah, Idaho, and Nevada. 
And then Maine has a women's ride. I mean, there's more than that. That's just a couple I just really quickly Googled. So they're all across the country. So I guess what I'm saying is that you probably can find a woman's bike ride near you. So we're going to talk about one that's near and dear to our hearts, the Pigtails ride, as we're fellow ninjas and cyclists, and we're going to be there. So um, Pigtails at Prairie Trail is coming up on May 20th, Saturday, May 20th. And it's just one day, and it's 48 miles, or 53, depending on if you want to go the extra mile and go in for a special photo op on the High Trestle Trail. It's pretty cool. This will probably be my first women-specific group ride. I do plenty of group rides, but this will be interesting to have all uh, women riding along with us. Yeah, so only women will be riders, but there will be maybe males handing out snacks and things. We're not totally sure about that, but that's cool. If they want to hand out snacks, that's fine with me. It'll be a nice ride for maybe people who want to uh, try a group ride for the first time Mm -hmm. who maybe aren't comfortable being around um, men who are super fast. Mm -hmm. We can be super fast all on our own or slow, whatever. Um, And it's nice because it starts and ends in the same place. You don't have to worry about logistics of picking up your bike somewhere or whatever. You know, it'll be start and end at Prairie Trail in Ankeny. And if you don't know where that is, Google it. And I think it starts at a place called Jethro's, and they're going to have this huge breakfast for us. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, and that will start us off on our snack trail. So, they'll be there all along the way. So, as we go from snack to snack, there will also be entertainment. About halfway through the ride at the Flat Tire Lounge, we'll have Damon Dotson playing music for us there. And drinks, of course. And then when you get back to Ankeny, we'll have an after party with Abby Normal, who is a big rock group, if you don't know. They're really fun, and that is open to the general public. So if you want to join up with the rest of your family there or some other friends, that'll be cool. So that'll help the miles kind of go by if it's one of your first longer rides. So... Yeah, and this ride is 48 miles, and then you mentioned it earlier, if you want to go the extra miles, you can make it a 53-mile ride. Mm -hmm. And the difference there is um, the High Trestle Trail Bridge, which Mm -hmm. if you haven't been to see that yet, definitely Google it and take a look at how cool it is. It's like super, super, super tall. And it's really gorgeous, great view, really cool design to the bridge. Yeah, and we won't be there at night, but if you ever go back there at night, it glows blue. It's really cool. Really but the nice thing about this ride is we're going to have photographers there who are going to take a photograph of you on this bridge. So that'll be uh, something that you can frame and put on your mantelpiece or give yeah. us a Christmas gift. And you don't have to worry about taking out your iPhone and, like, dropping it over the side of the bridge or yeah, anything like that. <laughs> you're not going to find it if you drop yeah. it over no, the bridge. No, it's gone. Yeah. So. But uh, one thing, if you think about mileage, uh, I had a friend who was training for a 100-mile bike ride, and she was terrified. It was the longest ride she'd ever done. And what I told her was to just, when you're training or thinking about a bike ride, just think in small segments. Mm -hmm. Can you go seven miles and then stop? Mm -hmm. Can you go eight miles and then stop? And that's how this ride is set up. You never really go more than eight or nine miles before there's a place to stop, use the restroom, get a drink, um, have a snack. Mm -hmm. So it's a really, it adds up. At the end of the day, you'll be so excited when you can say, I did 48 miles or I did 53 miles. Yeah. So, and the ride is all about fun. It's not a race in any way. You have all day to complete it. So, fun, food, friendship. That's our mantra. Yeah. And there will always be people faster than you. And most likely, there will always be people slower than you. So, really, go at your own pace. Have fun. Mm -hmm. Meet new people. See new places. 
like you said. Yeah, it's going to be a good deal. And if you want to find more information about it, you can go to pigtailsride.com. Or we have a Facebook page. Just I think it's just Pigtails Ride on Facebook. So And you can watch Murph and my awesome video there. It's awesome. Yeah, and I will be wearing my ninja swords on the ride in case you're wondering. <laughs> so don't worry about that. So, uh, so that's all we have to say basically about the Pigtails Ride. Um, so check it out. Or check out one in your area because it's going to be a really fun time. It's a good way to get trained up for a bigger, longer ride like Ragbri, Ride the Rockies, anything like that, or just to have a good time. So after today's Parrot Talk, if you have any questions about pigtails, women's rides, um, biking, or anything else you want to talk with me about, you can get a hold of me at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com, or you can send us a message on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram at justgobike. So hope you, it's spring, so hope you can get out there, have fun riding, and talk to you later. Well, we've come to the end of another Just Go Bike podcast. Appreciate you listening. You can find our show notes at justgobike.net. What do you want to talk about this show? We want to hear about it. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Just Go Bike and ask us those questions you're dying to, to ask. This show is made possible by Think Iowa City and its curious communities trying to be one of the best in bicycling in, in Iowa. Bikes to You is one of the best bike shops and a Ragbrite charter. Primal, are you looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, other accessories? Go to primalwear.com. So that's all for now. I'm going to close out with another quote from Eddie Merckx. Don't buy upgrades, ride upgrades. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. Brian Powers is the show's producer, and the Just Go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, a part of the USA Today Network.